and hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Stuart Vine and welcome to my solo review of AW Revolutions 2022. Um, no Josh as you can see, all by myself. Um, he'll be back for our WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 review that should be out, obviously it will be in a couple of weeks, that should be fun, but today it's just going to be myself talking about AEW Revolutions. It's a show that I was really looking forward to, to be fair. It was a show that had so much stacked of great matches that had potential to be great matches. Uh, obviously we're talking about CM, CM Punk versus MJF in the dog collar match was the match I was looking forward to the most. Obviously we had... Um, we had Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston going at it in a singles match. We had the three-way dance between uh, for the AW World Tag Team Championships. Obviously, the Young Bucks, uh, Red Dragon, and the Jurassic Express. That was going to be awesome. And obviously, we did have um, the main event that, again, had potential to be really good. And I was willing for that to a sense with both the Adams going against Joe with Adam Cole going against Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. Um, so, um, yeah, it was gonna. I was um, looking forward to it, and um, I can't wait to really talk about it. I mean, finished watching it yesterday, and I cannot wait to talk and review each part of this show. Um, but before we begin, um, if you like what you hear and listen or see, and you like our reviews, please like and subscribe. Links will be in the description below. Um, that'd be really appreciated. Um, also, one last thing before we, was I start viewing the show is I won't be talking about the buy-in because um, I didn't watch the buy-in and I usually don't watch the buy-in on AEW and I don't watch the WWE kind of kickoff show matches just because it's not really aimed at me. And I, and um, again, that's a lot of... That'd be 11 matches to watch and that's a lot of wrestling to watch. So, um, well, when I get to this view, we're going to go straight in to talk about the Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston match that kicked off the show. So, um, hope hope you enjoy the view and let's get stuck in talking about that match. So, um, yeah, let's get started. Just made the list. So yeah, we started off the show with Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho in in into a point a kind of grudge match because uh, obviously the last couple of weeks or a month or so, kind of Jericho and Eddie Kingston have been um, you know at odds kind of kind of situation. It kind of that kind of collision has kind of put a little bit of split in the inner circle that to be fair is kind of needed because they're getting to a point now where they're probably going to split up at some point that's fair enough but because um, they've done everything they can I mean minus obviously um, them winning the tag team championships with Santana Ortiz because everyone's one sign except for them so there's a good story beat there but um, yeah it was, um, I was really excited into a point to this match because obviously the story going into it as well was the idea that Eddie Kingston hasn't won the big one he hasn't won the big match and to be fair he hasn't so this is kind of could have been his big breakout performance and it was in a sense really really cool stuff here it had um, Eddie Kingston right at the gate just really really intense really trying to prove because he really hates Jericho at this point um, hitting like a half a half suplex right at the gate straight on Jericho's head I mean I hope he hasn't got a concussion because that thing landed a lot a lot of them spots in this in, during this show to be fair a lot of them landing on the head type situations I mean always uncomfortable to watch uh, We also, then it just got to as you expect a lot of chops a lot of them and he kicks in at least like uh, Japanese style chops that I think um, a lot of Japanese um, inspired uh, move sets in this match as well. Uh, obviously, we got some a lot of biting. Never got that. <laughs> Seemed to be a lot of him going to finish it as well. Obviously, had Jericho hit Harbour Kawana from the top. Awesome stuff. 
Um, we obviously had Jericho exposed the turnbuckle. Again, Jericho was, was basically being Jericho heel here. Made sense because everyone was rooting for Eddie Kingston, so it made sense. Uh, obviously, took the turnbuckle from the top. Obviously, that will come into play near the end of the match. Obviously, we got uh, Eddie Kingston hitting his back fist on Jericho to get in there full, so it looks like it's going to be one of those nights. Then Jericho kept hitting German suplexes, cold breakers. Um, we had a bit near, well, right near the end when he had he hit a German suplex, another German suplex, and then hit a cold breaker. Eddie Kingston was out at this point. But the kind of thing that kind of ended it, that was kind of cool with the finish, with the idea that obviously Jericho had him beat, set it was setting up for the Judas effect. Obviously, as we just mentioned, Eddie Kingston moved out of the way. He, he, his elbow hits the exposed turnbuckle, and then boom, Eddie Kingston hits a spinning back fist onto Jericho. But then you would think he would go for the pin, but no, I like this. It's a different, I like this in a sense. He hits, I think, called a a, a a stretcher plunge, or we don't know what it is. A lot of people, and I don't think a lot of people in the commentary booth knew what this move was. It's basically like it's a, like he's pulling the arm back, back, like like it's a pump or something that just keeps adding on the pressure. Obviously, and surprisingly to some people, uh, Chris uh, Chris tapped, and um, Eddie Kingston is uh, got, he's finally got the big win, and that was awesome to see. And I was really um, happy for him because obviously Eddie Kingston's one of these people that he's great on the mic. Um, he's got a very good intensity in the ring. That's kind of um, you can't help but love the guy or hate the guy when you know you know he's very he's one of those rare breed of wrestlers where he can do both. He can be the bad guy and the good guy and still be on the top notch. And he done well here. I like the thing right at the end when he's like he's so shocked he didn't even realize that he won. And then at the end, and then when he when he realized he's won, he basically was like so happy as most people in the crowd were. To be fair. But um, yeah, well, obviously we got um, the bit right at the end with obviously uh, they kind of set it up and I think on the go home show with the idea that if um, Eddie Kingston beats Chris Jericho, has to shake his hand. We got to that bit where Eddie Kingston put put out his hand in respect, but that seems to be the second person that's done that because um, CM Punk never did that to him. Um, so a lot of people don't respect Eddie Kingston. It's really harsh. But um, yeah, so Chris Jericho um, looked and then walked away. So... It'd be interesting to see what happens there, see if it turns into anything, but um, it probably will. I probably, It wouldn't surprise me if the Santana teams would be not happy that Jericho did that to their friend Eddie Kingston. But yeah, Eddie Kingston gets the win. Hopefully this is the start of like a good um, kind of story arc where it's like he's finally won the big one and now it's going to be a situation where he keeps winning big, big matches that will get him either a title, a title run or be one of the next challengers against whoever the AEW World Championship at the time. So it should be good, but I was... Really good opener, really got the crowd hyped, and um, the crowd really into this, and um, the right person won here, so, yeah, great match, um, really love it, so, yeah, good stuff, hopefully, um, hopefully we get more of this when the show, as the show goes on, so, yeah, let's go to the next match. Yeah, so next match we're going to talk about is the AEW World Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match, or the freeway dance if you like that uh, match between Jurassic Express Red Dragon and the Young Bucks um, yeah again I was really looking forward to this because again the dissension between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon obviously from them days from Ring of Honor and that kind of stuff was really um, I was intrigued to see where that would go obviously we kind of have from kind of an idea where that is going to go because obviously it's kind of the stuff that the Young Bucks very trademark for their booking that if it goes the way that it normally does it's going to be some really cool stuff but yes they had that dissension and obviously the situation where they had to get, both had to go through battle royals. That they both kind of, um, obviously in the first one with the um, Red Dragon, kind of costing the Young Bucks the opportunity in the first one. 
but the Young Bucks winning on the second one. But um, yeah, it also shows the depth of the tag division in AEW. They've got enough tag teams to, to fill out two battle royals. That tells you a lot. I think that's pretty awesome, personally. But um, yeah, and obviously we've got to, I mean, also it shows to check how good the champions are that it takes all these tag teams are going to, to go through battle royals just to face them. So it makes everyone look good, to be fair, and I like it as a booking premise. But um, yeah, so obviously the start of the match was kind of um, them, for the moment, working together. And obviously that is bad news for Jurassic Express. Obviously for the first half of this match, it's basically both teams, you know, um, kind of... Um, starting on uh was it jungle boy i don't know if that's the right word starting on him but basically it was like um it was jungle boy trying to survive both of them basically that's a better word um trying to um survive from their onslaught um obviously he did have a cool bit where you thought jungle boy was just about to get the tag on Lut luchasaurus and i think it was bobby fish dropped luchasaurus um shows the smarts for tag team always like that stuff so he couldn't get the pin we had um but um yeah well obviously after that the question obviously was the time of when they're going to turn on each other and they did after a kind of um, altercation where I think a mixed communication led to I think Matt Jackson taking the pin taking the roll up pin from uh, was it with Jungle Boy obviously they had a confrontation between Matt Jackson and Kyle O'Reilly so then because of that distraction gave um, uh, was it Jungle Boy the attempt to go and get Luchasaurus into the match tag him in then Luchasaurus doing what he does best. He just basically wrecking everyone. We had a cool big choke slam he hit. That was really awesome. And obviously we got a nice Doomsday Device double team by the um, Jurassic Express. That, again, I love the um, Doomsday Device because it's one of those moves that I just don't want to take. Um, up there, we're taking a chop. Probably by water. And it is water. We'll never take it. But, um, yes, that was awesome. Obviously, we then we had uh, one of the best moments in the match when you got with the... You've got Kyle O'Reilly hitting a guillotine lock, uh, was it guillotine choke on Luchasaurus, kind of near the corner. And an interesting spot, I don't know if I've seen anyone do this, where normally, with some of this that, if you want to help your teammate, break it up, what would you do? Like a leg drop, elbow drop, something simple like that. But no, Jungle Boy wanted to do a shooting star's press from the top. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, the guy's absolutely freaking crazy. But um, yeah, did we check him out? Probably the best move of the match. Then we just got, um, yeah, then we got the bit near the end. That Again, this is kind of like a pet peeve of mine with the kind of um, hitting people with the title belts and it not winning the match. We had another one late one that I kind of wish was the finish, but I think that I like those finishes where you hit them with the belt and that should be like, that is the finish of the match. But again, it's kind of an indie thing sometimes that like super kicks should be finishes. Um, uh, things that look like finishes should finish matches. I don't mind it personally at times, but sometimes that that's why my really think uh, maybe we should keep that in. But yeah, that was cool. Obviously, we got both teams hitting their own moves. You had uh, was it Young Bucks hitting the B BT trigger, uh, but thingy uh, was it Jungle uh, Jungle Boy kicked out Jungle Boy? Yeah, I can't. I can't speak. Uh, then you obviously got uh, Red Dragon hitting the high and low on Jungle Boy, but obviously they got a two as well. Uh, but then obviously they had um, yeah, and then after that it was just basically you know. German suplexes, we got the Young Bucks trying to go for more bang for your buck. Didn't work. I think, well, oh, you know, I remember Young Bucks doing, was it Jungle Boy did like a Hurricane Run and then a German suplex. It sounds weird, but trust me, it, it, it sounds, it, it did happen. But um, yeah, but kind of the match ended with um, the J Jurassic Express pitting there. Was it for, was it, what's the move? One of their finishes, I can't, I've never actually seen them do it. 
but it's was it full Jurassic yeah full Jurassic Express that's got to be honest tongue tied words there couldn't get that one but um, yeah hit that to, oh Matt Jackson got the win so that's still your AEW Tag Team Champions um, again I, I, I mumble through a lot of that but there's a lot of the, problem, the only problem with these matches they, there's a lot of action so I wanted to make sure I knew most of it but yeah I mean again it was, just, it was what you expected from stuff with St. OH uh, PWG kind of matches they have those kind of spot after spot after spot um, I like the story between the Red Dragon and the Unbox. It's going to be intriguing to see where that goes. Jurassic Express got a big win, a title defence against two of the best teams in their division. So, yeah, everyone wins here. I think it was 18 minutes. Good stuff here. Um, I, I, I I think Tag Team Division is good. It's very thriving at the moment in AEW. And obviously now with teams like Red Dragon in there, I mean, and possibility of the Hardys joining. Um, if Jeff... Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy become a tag team again and become the Hardy Boys. That's a ta that's a stacked tag division. So I'm intrigued to see what they do next. Uh, Jungle, uh, Jurassic Express. I don't know what their next title defense is because obviously I don't the I don't think the Young Bucks or the Red Dragon are going to be involved in a tag division for a while. It's going to be a separate solo tag team rivalry that um, would be interesting. Um, I don't know where to go. So be interesting to see who their next opponents are. But yeah, good stuff here. Um, definitely check it out um, yeah so first two matches really good so yeah great start to the show so far by AEW so yeah let's go into the next big match so yeah let's talk about the next big match we had what well, obviously was the kind of traditional at this point um, face of the revolution ladder match which uh, with the winner of that getting a future AEW TNT Championship opportunity um, so obviously this year we knew who the six participants were Obviously, it was Wardlow, Keith Lee, Owens Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, that, again, JR couldn't pronounce. I'm sure he got it well multiple times that no one really, or maybe I'm just being really mean. Uh, it might be, but I just noticed that from, from the commentary. And, obviously, who qualified on Rampage literally two days ago of, the, the, of that pay-per-view, Christian Cage. That makes sense. He's a master of the ladder match. It makes sense. So, um, yeah, obviously, this was an interesting one because, obviously, um, you. Do, I was a bit confused who was going to win because obviously I've got. Um, I put. I put um, Keith Lee because obviously Keith Lee versus Sammy Guevara would be an unbelievable match. It would be so good. So, and especially with Keith Lee, but maybe it's too early for him to have that title match yet. So it's more to, you know, get used to the kind of environment AEW. So that's why he's probably not in it. But um, yeah, obviously. But there was talk of Wardlow that really built up quite nicely with the kind of um, having those kind of squash matches with hitting those multiple power bombs and the whole thing with uh, was it Sean Spears? Obviously, that that interaction that was interesting. Um, so and also, so yeah. So the kind of the big two. Obviously, we had Christian Cage. Maybe I don't think anyone. Owens Cassidy was never going to win it. Sorry, Owens Cassidy, but you're not. I like Owens Cassidy personally as a wrestler. He's great in the ring, but. Yeah, I mean, he does some cool stuff in his match, though. That was really cool. But, um, yeah, so um, kind of started off with... Um, they done this kind of thing that kept being a theme throughout the match. We had, obviously, Keith Lee, um, Power, Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow kind of facing off. They done it a couple of times that obviously set up for a bit later on. But, um, obviously, got a situation where they're both standing there looking like they're going to face off, going to go after each other. Then you got, what was it? Owens Cassidy stands in the middle of it. That I find kind of funny because he's like, it's, it's like, it's like walk, it's like you just like you don't know where you are, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh god, <laughs> it's like three big, three guys that could probably beat the crap out of you, like surrounding you in all corners. But always Cassidy being always Cassidy was like, no, okay, I'm just gonna, gonna do these lazy kicks 
all that kind of stuff. Or even like Keith Lee was like, what the hell is this guy? <laughs> but, um, but, but again, it kind of set up a really cool thing where it's like, I can't, I can't describe it properly, but basically like, they try to get Owens, Owens Cassidy. He gets out of the way, I think. Um, what was it? Keith Lee took, was able to get, uh, what was it? Both Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs in like some kind of like DDT situation. They obviously created a bridge that obviously Owens Cassidy tried to climb to try and get to the brass ring, literally the brass ring. I know, it's put on the nose. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting spot. I've never seen it before. It's really cool. I mean, there's another one we did earlier where I think he was trying to do the Bubba Ray Dudley kind of thing with the, the ladder where you put it in between and you use it as, like, spin it so you take people out. I love that spot, but eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you in the ass. But I liked the bit where it's kind of... Um, he got caught by, I think it was Keith Lee and Powers Hobbs, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Um, so, like, and, um, and he's, like, he's like, oh, no. His face... Pure, very good, very, very good at acting there by Elvis Cassidy. But the cool thing is, it again another cool spot. He did it. He was uh, lifting him up, but he holds it onto the ladder. But the the, the core strength by Elvis Cassidy is freaking awesome. Was like he was able to lift himself up and go up and again use these guys as a bridge to try and get to the brass ring. Even touch the brass ring literally. But then obviously they spin the ladder, uh, kind of shake that a little bit. He went down. Um, uh, was it in between? Obviously that's not a nice spot you want to be in. Um, so yes, we had some cool stuff there. We had a nice little um, thing later on. We had a cool thing where Ricky Stark did a really cool spear through the ladder. Again, we all know going was it through the ladder is bad luck. So maybe that's probably why he didn't win. But um, yeah, we had some cool stuff that was really cool. We had um, what else did we have? Um, it kind of ended it at the end. Uh, the big spot was when he had kind of all f to a point. I think you got Keith Lee through Owens Cassidy onto the outside. Um, taking out people on the outside, then they kind of fighting on the stage. Uh, we had a way of coughing, they're both. Um, we did get that confrontation between Wardlow, um, Powerhouse Hobbs, and um, oh, who was it? Keith Lee. We all had that. Uh, up going up stage, obviously, Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs taking out Keith Lee. Obviously, then they, got, they both went for that ladder, obviously, ladder at the top of the stage. But, but I love this spot where he pulled it apart, it just shows how strong they are. Um, obviously um, bad move by Wardlow to turn his back on, on Hobbs because he attacked him with the ladder from behind then they started then Wardlow and um, was it Keith Lee and Hobbs started fighting found their way into the where the commentary area is and then it was like where's Wardlow and then being the smart guy he's got, he's got, what he did is he went backstage went to the back and then pushed both Keith Lee and uh, Power Hobbs off the stage through a table I always love this mysteriously table set up. I know what they do. It's obviously to put the safety of the wrestlers. But I always love that. It's like, oh, the table. So they're out of the match. Um, so, yeah. At this point, you're probably going to think Wardlow's going to win it at this point. But, um, yeah. So we had um, all that kind of stuff there. We also had the bit where Ricky starts climbing up and then we got... Um, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember his name. The one that's... Um, that goes. I can't remember his name. I'll, I apologise. I apologise. But yeah, it was he put a, was it a curse? I think that's his thing. I need to look up this guy. Um, but um, yeah, he did that. But the kind of match ended with... There was a bit where the ladder was set up and he had a bridge between the ropes and the ladder. We obviously had Ricky... Uh, was it? Ricky start climbing up slowly as you can be. Then you've got... Then you had, was it Wardlow jumping up onto the bridge of the ladder... Uh, what was it? Setting up, hitting his power bomb onto the ladder. I mean, 
it looked nasty because it looks like again another one on the straight on the head hope Ricky Starks okay because he looked oh, it didn't look great and um, yeah climbed um, he hit his head Wardlow climbed to the top and grabbed the brass ring and is your winner and the face of the revolution and um, yeah I mean I think they've built up Wardlow brilliantly in the sense that it's gone from a guy that's henchmen they've pretty much set it up ever since MGF kind of uh, after the John Moxley match, when it's kind of slapped him in the face and kind of said, you work for me. It's been a slow build uh, in the sense of his character, but also really good on the last couple of weeks, of the, as I said before, with the thing, with the power bombs and just doing squats matches. Basic wrestling one-on-one here. And again, it's two points working because people are really happy. I mean, him and Keith Lee were said were my favourites to win it. But Wardlaw winning it against, um, obviously, um, Sammy Kavara, a big strong man, um, Power versus speed. It's set up to be a really good match. Whoever, obviously, I think I can't. I can't remember who. Oh, who's he got next? Oh yeah, he's got Scorpio Sky. That was his top box. He's got him next on Dynamite. That should be a good match because Scorpio Sky is apparently it's a title versus string match. Should be fun. I can't wait to see that one. So um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. It's, again, it was it, it was a strange match because I don't think the crowd was much into it. As much as the other two matches, I think maybe funny burnout might have been a situation. I don't know about the first two matches, but yeah, I mean, I think the it's better than last year's one. That one's a bit was a bit of a train wreck to a point. It wasn't great, uh, but this one's really good. Probably has some clear favourites, cool moments as you expect in ladder matches. But yeah, Wardle winning, I'm not against that. I think they've built up really well and um, sets up an interesting match. So um, yeah, obviously Keith Lee, I'm intrigued to see what he does next. Um, I don't think I would have personally went for him, but. Nothing's really he's only like what his third match in the company since he's joined, so I'm not exactly think it's a good idea, but yeah, good stuff here. Um, I don't think it's best match of night, but that Atlanta match always gets a bit of fun, isn't it? Because there's always big spots and craziness, so uh, yeah, so congratulations, Wardlow. That's I'm interesting to see what he does. Um, after obviously, a situation we'll talk about later what happens, but at first, it's I'm saying it's it's a good night for Wardlow. It's been a good it's it's uh, and it started here, so um, yeah, interesting seeing that title match. So um, yeah, awesome match. Um, so yeah, so let's get talking about the um, next match on the card. So yeah, so before we um, go into the next match, obviously the TBS Championship match with Jay Cargo and. Uh, Ty Conte, uh, we did have a announcement. Obviously, it's Revolution, so we do get like a signing. Obviously, we got Christian Cage last week. Luckily, for they've learned their lesson to try not to. Well, I don't think they have. Try not to big up these signings because they tried it with Christian Cage uh, that year, and um, we're all thinking CM Punk, which he did eventually, obviously. But we're all thinking CM Punk joined, and we got Christian Cage. So I we rate Christian Cage, but we were like, oh. That kind of sucks. But um, this time it was just, I wasn't quite sure. So obviously we've got Tony Schiavone uh, on, at the top with a contract. Again, if you kind of look at the contract, it's pretty obvious. I don't know if that was deliberate or just bad hiding. It said swerve um, on it. So you knew it was going to be, um, you knew you were going to get Swerve Scott. Well, obviously it's called, what was it, Swerve uh, Stri- Str- uh, Strickland. Strickland? Str- Strickland, yeah. I think that's the name. I'm going to get used to it again. Got you. I'm used to NXT names, so I'm gonna wipe. So yes, obviously that's the big surprise. He is now all elite. Um, should be awesome. I cannot wait to see what they do with him. Again, he's gonna be an. I think he's gonna be in that great added addition to that um, a AWTNT Championship kind of division. Um, so um, I gotta be honest. A lot of people were saying online it's true. Really was disappointed with WWE releasing him after just calling him up on the main roster. 
then releasing two-thirds of his group and then then releasing him. It was a dick move. If you watch any of his matches against um, Andrade or that, I think, oh, what was the other one? Uh, what was it? I think it's Casida or someone. Or Johnny, Johnny Gargano, I think, and a match here. Johnny Gargano, I might be wrong. I'm not sure. Um, he's, he's very good. Very good. And especially with this wrestling, pure wrestling orientated kind of uh, world that we have in AEW. Um, he's going to do well, I think. Just going to be interested to see if he aligns with anyone or what he does. But, um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see. But, yeah, it's a good signing for AEW, I think. Um, obviously, we've got the other stuff like Johnny Gargano still out there. Uh, who else have we got? I think that's it. Like Tom here, the ones I would want to see. In we've got Bray Wyatt still around. I don't think um, he'll turn up when he wants. I don't know if he's doing wrestling at the moment. But yeah, they're two big names. But yeah, Swerve. As um, I'm intrigued to see what they do. But yeah, big announcement, big signing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But um, yeah, good stuff here. So yeah, so now let's go and talk about the AW TBS Championship match between Jay Cargo and Ty Conte. So yeah, let's get on it. So yeah, obviously um, we we obviously we were talking about the AW TBS Championship match between Jay Cargo and Tyre Conte. Conte, yeah, interesting match in the sense that it's kind of I don't know. It's just I don't think I had a lot of hype for it in a sense. It didn't. It was a very simple setup match. Obviously, Jay Cargo needs a decent amount of opponents because I think she's 26 and 0 or was, it, or was it actually you know, 28 and 0 so she's undefeated so far obviously she won that against she won that title match against Ruby Soho in the the final of the championship tournament and she's been pretty decent I mean obviously we had uh, that match was a bit clunky and um, she's getting I think she's getting better and better in every match she's in and this is no different here I think um, the sad truth about this match though is crowd weren't really into it um, I don't want to call sit there and say it's the I hate to use the word toilet break match because I think that's disrespectful. But every every show needs to have a match that kind of calms the the, the the crowd down. And this match did do it, but not like not because it, I don't think it's boring. It's a very solid, good match. But when you've got high fly, crazy spot, like first three matches were basically really emotionally intense. So the idea to have this match be like okay, it's a standard wrestling match. Cool, we can do that. But um, yeah, we had some cool like entrances here. We had obviously Jack. Kai Con uh, was it Ty Conte coming out with uh, with the war painting because Anna J and negative one they've got the secret handshake thing that's kind of cute in a sense because it's you know um, yeah it's just it's just for what he's happens to the negative one it's good to see he's got some really awesome friends so good for him but um, yes that's awesome uh, obviously we had Jay Cargo come out with um, what was it uh, I can't remember his name but basically the guitarist that plays his her theme. Awesome stuff there. We, I mean, it was really cool. Just I love that stuff when you live live performances and music because you know music. Being a guy that's really into music makes I like the little details like that. I love wrestling themes, but um, yeah, obviously it was a kind of um, it was it was a very quick match. Things like what ten minutes, like 10, ten twelve minutes. It wasn't that crazy? I mean, you had that bit with um, what was it? We had obviously at the beginning of the match. You had um, Jay Cargill was on top, but but then obviously on the outside. Obviously, it was it Ty Conte was fighting, and obviously we had a nice little moonsault um, on the outside. But obviously, I think I think they didn't pick it up. But I think Jay Cargill pushed her manager, uh, Smarts. I think his name was um, Mark Sterling. That's his name. Um, he, poor man. I mean, guys like <laughs> what's his job in it? He's the guy that takes the fall. He's the fall guy. He's a he's a sleazy lawyer, as you said. The one that does all the stuff. You know, no no one likes a sleazy lawyer. But yeah, we got a moonsault. 
um, uh, bike Ty Conte, so he he was out for most of the match. Obviously, then Jay Cargill was like, oh, okay, and then saw Anna Jay on the outside. And, you know, it just feels like, oh, there you are. Boom, hit a pump kick. She's out. Um, so we had some cool stuff like that. Obviously, we had one thing we need to talk about. We need to talk about this. A lot of kissing. Um, I think we had Jay Cargill kissing Ty Conte, and then Ty Conte kissing Jay Cargill. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, this must be mind games. But when I was thinking about it, I think this, um, yeah, I think it is mind games because I also think Jay Cargill doing it because I think if you watch, do you watch Sammy Kavara's blog? There's a there's a segment where, uh, what was it, Jay, uh, was it Ty Conte goes around saying, oh, um, do you want to kiss? Um, do you want to kiss? There's obviously like that, like that feeling, like, uh, uh, oh, okay, like, it's out of the blue. So maybe that's why it's, or maybe it's just because one in a kiss i don't know it's, it was just it was just it's so out of the blue that so didn't have any anything backing it up it's like oh okay fair enough but yes yeah, so we had that kind of the role playing mind games i guess um obviously we had um later on in the match obviously and jay got her revenge while the ref wasn't looking obviously and it's a hitting jay cargill with the chair obviously we had all kinds of i think uh was it ty, ty conte hit her finisher i think that nice little was it behind the arm ddt didn't get the win there she was shocked uh but we did get some cool stuff with um i was anna uh was it jay cargo did a really super impressive i've got to be honest like really impressive um fog splash from the top for near fold it was really awesome uh but um yeah but obviously the match ended well, i think was it ty conte went to the top rope um but obviously cargo hit her with four arms onto the face she, she went out and that was a setup for the um, Jade Slam, obviously, and just hit it one, two, three, and is still your AW TBS champion. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it was it was a sort. I think it's a solid match. It's nothing crazy, but again, it was con it was consistently it was good. I it's not a, like Jade Cargill's kind of a work in progress still. I mean, she's two champion, but I think every match she's getting better. It's one of her better matches she's been so far. So I enjoyed it in a sense. Uh, someone pointed out quite rightly it's like who's going to take that title off her because they're building up so strong it's going to be and obviously the two when it comes to the women's division uh, the two big big few, the, the two the kind of feud that's big enough I think is the um, obviously uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker is the biggest feud in the division let's be honest it's the best feud they've got but after that I'm still a bit obviously you've got um, what was it you got uh, Lita Hirsch she's having a little heel run that could be interesting you've got um Statlander, that's obviously cool. You got Ruby Soho. Maybe she might be the one to get revenge and take that out that I'm not against. Um, oh, who else? Who, who's the one? Oh, I can't remember now. But yeah, they, they do have a couple of options, but it's not as clear cut. So hopefully um, that might be made clear in the next couple of weeks. Maybe uh, uh, Ty Conte is the option. I would. I mean, it'd be interesting to see because obviously, it's, if it's supposed to be like do like what they do TNT, like be that to show that's to showcase style, you know the one the workhorse style for the women's division. I'm up for that. So hopefully, maybe. But yeah, I mean, Jake, it was good. I think it's twenty nine oh now. Yeah, fine. I mean, I think it it was kind of needed. I think it was like kind of a cool off period in the sense like you know crazy matches and then you've got the women's match here that kind of um, you know calms it down because it's a normal wrestling match with just normal stuff. Instead of crazy spots and all that, I think that's what it did. And it's job in the sense of that. But yeah, I think yeah, only seven minutes. I think it's the sh if they went longer, it might have suffered. But seven minutes, good length. So um, yeah, Jay Cargo is still your uh, TBS Women's Champion. So it'd be interesting to see if someone can. F will, who would end that streak? 
it'd be interesting to see who they build up to do it. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. So yeah. So now let's talk about the match that I was looking forward to for the entire show. So that's go and talk about CM Punk versus MJF in a dog call match. Can't wait to talk about this one. So yes, now the time has come. I can finally talk about the match that I was looking forward to the most. I'm obviously talking about CM Punk versus MGF in a dog collar match. My God, the build-up to this match is absolutely brilliant. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I love good storytelling. Um, I know it's a thing that keep kind of is a buzzword thrown around in, in these days, but it is a core element of pro wrestling. Um, and if you get it perfect right, you can make a match feel so good. And this match did it, it in in the sense of the match, but the build up, like I mean, the whole CM was it the MGF storyline where it's like he was bullied as a kid, and that's cut. And um, CM Punk was his hero, and then when he left, he felt betrayed, and that's why he acts the way he does. Gives him more layers because obviously he's not just a bad guy for the sake of well, we need a heel. You know, it's more of a he's not a gimmick. He's now a character. That I kind of like a lot of people say, well, we don't need that. It's like I do, and also it gives them an option if they turn in face that he's got us, his sympathy. Like this, this, this by doing it, it's open up so many cool story opportunities. Obviously, and it and it, and it puts a little bit of a milky grey area in CM Punk's return where the bad stuff he's done um, is coming back to bite him in the ass, basically. And um, yeah. So I like that kind of storyline as well. But um, yeah, but I, I can't describe enough. Go on YouTube, watch MGF's promo, and then watch the Go Home one as well. Great. Wrestling at its best, high-quality stuff there. But when it comes to the match, obviously, um, early on we had some very mind games that I kind of liked with the whole thing with CM Punk's music playing first and obviously MGF music plays after. No one can get a boo, a reaction. Like, see it. Not CM Punk. CM Punk can get booze. Um, MGF can get when he plays that first note of his theme that's so generic but so perfect for his character. I love it. But so we obviously play mind games. He's, he's done this before, but then CM Punk comes out, but he doesn't come out from cult of personality. He comes out with his old ROH theme uh, from AFI, if I, if I remember my correctly. And um, yeah, probably got old school with the track with the shorts. With the trip, uh, with the triple X, not doing the whole. It's clovering time, doing the old straight edge stuff like that. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, like both of them, I've seen. You, I, just, I think MGF has unleashed the beast, unleashed the beast here, and I think he's gonna regret it. Um, but um, yeah, early on it was just CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, basically. Um, obviously, it's his match. He chose it, so it's no surprise that obviously when he, when he was um, involved in it, he's. Um, he knows how to make it work. So obviously we had a lot of it. We got he got revenge for the what was it um, for the choking that he did in the go home show quite early on. We had a lot of uh, creative uses of the chain with CM Punk. Uh, was it falling on the the post and using it as a I don't know what the word is, but basically every time MGF tried to get away from the corner, he can drag him back. It looked really cool. That was really cool. Um, we had a kind of um, obviously MGF after kind of doing a little bit. Of, promo saying like telling them that you quit like i quit like you quit me and then cm punk's like nah i'm not saying that that kind of cool stuff and obviously we a lot of creative ways using the chain uh we had obviously it was people busted open quite early on you kind of have to with a dog collar match because it's so barbaric and it's so brutal you've got to be you've got to put some blood in there or it'd just be really ridiculous i mean put that this way words 
it's not the same match, but a similar concept to a point. Is wouldn't that um, Texas Bullwalk match between JBL and Eddie Guell have been so impactful? Um, if I, I think the thing is bleeding, like if if they weren't bleeding, or like pretty much any of Triple H's matches in two thousand without some sort of blood happening, um, makes their matches ten times more brutal and more intense that we like here. And they needed it because if you're going to have this kind of intense storyline, the match has got to be equally as intense. Uh, but um, yeah, as you expect, observing you have using all kinds of sneaky tactics trying to win, using the, the chain around the neck to try to choke um, CM Punk out like he did in Chicago. Obviously, to a point it did work. I mean, but in this case, he didn't. CM Punk just got out by using a kind of an old school kind of um, counter. I think it was a Bret Hart used against Austin um, and Roddy Piper. Obviously, a lot of talk of Roddy Piper. Um, during this feud, I mean, Roddy Piper is one of the best in, in the business on the mic and in the ring. Uh, we had a lot of um, back and forth submissions as well. We had MJF gone for the salt of the earth, obviously where Punk counters into a pen attempt. CM Punk done the same with the Anaconda Vice, but MJF countered into a uh, pen attempt. Very equal, um, very equal match here. But um, obviously we got also with the bit with CM Punk. Use again, it's kind of similar to uh, Kyle Riley against Adam Cole, where using the chain around his knee to like put extra emphasis on the move. Um, hit a lovely, I think, shining wizard straight in the face of MGF. He bleed bleeding, they're both bleeding. I don't think, um, I think CM Punk bleeding is more as MGF. I think, don't think he well, obviously, if you know wrestling, they cut, don't think it done as much as of CM Punk, just basically is gushing like gushing with blood I mean I don't know how I don't want to know how that feels but my god and blood on your face it must be the most weirdest thing on the planet we had um, we had like stuff on the apron with the kind of um, t was it a tombst the tombstone spot again lots of these during the show I don't know if I mean maybe because uh, Undertaker's going in the Hall of Fame so maybe it's like a trying to put homage to him because I mean with CM Punk it, it makes sense because he brought it up um, in the build up to it about his told him for his sins so that makes sense a nice little thing with MJF trying to go for it but then CM Punk counters hit one of his own but that was a bad move because obviously Danny's knee in the obviously um, set up later before this where he was trying to go for another one of those knees with the chain but MJF moved out of the way and he was still steps so yeah so it, was, it cost him um, but as most matches um, as we know I think if you watch enough matches after this MJF was starting to get desperate goes under the ring gets up a paper gets a bag and we all know what that means. He's going to have tax. And we all know, as Ash Chris Jericho in his book, never ever take tax to the back or any pie body. They bloody hurt. <laughs> and you knew where this was going. Uh, we had a lot of teasing with the idea that who's going to go, who's going to land on those tax. We had a nice little um, tease of the Pepsi plunge. Obviously, CM Punk's old finisher in IOH. Um, Obviously, you could do that because obviously, imagine going from the top of plant. Oh, that wouldn't be him well. So, that you know what's going to happen, but you know, had that kind of counter. Um, but uh, we did have a bit after that. Obviously, MGF kind of counters and then done a suplex over onto the tax, but he just missed it. But you know, probably got a lot of them in the lower region, if you know what I mean. So, but um, yeah, the kind of match ended with um, pretty much similar to. Um, the match at Chica in Chicago with the idea that obviously you got MGF calling for Wardlow to come to the ring, walking down with a shirt, jacket, obviously looking pretty happy himself after winning early in the night. So he's pretty happy with himself. Then obviously you've got MDF 
saying, give me the diamond ring. And he's looking around saying he can't find it. MGF is furious. Then he turns around. This spot is one of my favourites. Where he turns around and hits a GTS. And then he hits it. And then all of a sudden he's like that. And he days and he just lands on top of the... On the tax. My god, his face was beautiful. Just the way it just... It's, the way, it's, the way it worked, it just choreographed beautifully. GTS teases that and then just lands on the tax. He's in pain. And then as as MGF is recovering, you got you got the old um, kind of Wardlow. I think this is kind of a sign that he's he's um he's fed up of MGF. So he looks at yells, Oh and he finds it in his pocket, mysteriously finds the ring, puts it on the canvas, on the apron, walks away, big pop from the crowd. I mean, he is Again, it's a perfect example of how good they've done. The guy's over. I'm interested to see what he does with a singles run now. Or what happens after this. But, yes, CM Punk grabs that ring. And then a bit of back and forth in a sense. It wasn't a quite like turn around, boom. But then, yeah, but but eventually he did clock to him with the diamond ring. How many people have been clocked with that thing over the last couple of months? It's nice to see MGF finally get comeuppance on that. Punches him in the face, gets a 1, 2, 3. And CM Punk wins the dog. The dog collar match and in a 26 minute classic i think it's brilliant i've i think it had the, the the perfect amount of brutality that you really needed for that kind of match and yeah that finish they crave it it worked perfectly mgf sets up a few probably ward lows probably going to be that kind of evolution feel feeling with triple h and randy on hopefully it goes a bit better than it did with that feud kind of and obviously CM Punk gets his win. And obviously we did have a thing at the end of the match where he kind of gestured for the title. So maybe that's a sign that that's where CM Punk's aspirations are next after beating MGF. So at some point we're probably going to get CM Punk versus Adam Page match that would be epic. I've got to be honest. I, I can't wait to see that. A lot of people gunning for that title. Very build up that the main event scene. So interesting to see who, if... Um, who is going to um, be the next challenger for that? So it'll be interesting. But yeah, I think this is the end of the feud. I think it's a feud. It's had two matches. It's had a good bit. I don't know where else you can go from here. They've gone as far as they could. But it's if it's one thing, if you go by the match here, it's made CM Punk's best stuff he's done in AEW so far. It's the best. I mean, it's hard to say where MJF's done some really good stuff, but it's really done well where MJF's character builds it up a bit more, makes it a bit more complicated and kind of interesting that could set up interesting views down the line so yeah i mean it's done everything you would want put over a new st builds up an interesting new star cm punk gets established as well so yeah so good stuff here could it be matching night i don't know i don't know i would say yes but we've still got some pretty epic matches to talk about so obviously i decided that at the end of this review so yeah so cm punk wins the dog on a match so now let's go to Obviously, a lot of talk of championship aspirations. Now, next, we're going to talk about the AEW Women's World Championship match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. If you have a business, you need a website. What's the best way to get your website up and running? Choose a web hosting company that makes it simple, like Pair Networks. Pair has over 20 years' experience managing entire digital ecosystems for thousands of online businesses all around the world. Pair makes it easy for you with your do-it-yourself website building tools and features, including simple drag-and-drop page design. And they have guaranteed US-based support technicians ready to help you whenever you need it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. 
Right now, when you sign up to Pair Networks, you receive one free month of web hosting. See for yourself how easy it is to build websites for free. Visit pair.com slash free to get your first month of website hosting for free by using the code QUICKSTART. That's pair.com slash free, promo code QUICKSTART to get started today. So yes, as we said, we're going to talk about the AW Women's World Championship match next, obviously between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Um, again, obviously we know how great their match was at St. Patrick's Slam, obviously last year. Brutal and amazing. Made Britt Baker, I think, from a huge star respect for Thunder Rosa. So I was kind of to a point excited for this match because you know you're going to get some quality wrestling here. Um, one thing you got to point out at the start of this match is they've changed the... They've upgraded the ADO Women's Championship. And my God, it is better for it because I have not been a fan of the <laughs> first belt. It's just... I don't know. It just doesn't look right. It, doesn't, it looks a bit... It just didn't like. Obviously, they had the smaller version. I think I don't know if they were trying to go for New Japan styles. It seems like that kind of smaller belt, but bigger in reputation type situation. That I get, but I don't know. I just didn't like it. And then they upgraded it. But Baker made it a bit bigger, so it looks a bit. But now they've upgraded this, and now it looks like, like again, obviously taken almost from the same design from the world title. It looks great. It has it has some very like kind of Achidera kind of old wing. Um, was it wings belt? you know from the early 90s in there it looks like a title that you'd want to win not saying you can make a title look special if you have great matches but design of titles are so important in wrestling it's you don't this it's, it's amazing you need to have good title designs perfect example of one that doesn't do just the one that doesn't work is obviously the new the new japan and new japan pro wrestling world heavyweight championship i think that's what it is no the world championship where that design, I get what they kind of go for, but it doesn't look great. So the design kind of takes away from possibly the importance of it. But um, yeah, so an interesting design. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see what they do with it. I mean, now we see now maybe the design might. Yeah, I just love it. It's just I, I'm, I do love good title designs. I'm would one day love to own a title belt, but you know, you guys, it's not possible at the moment. But yeah, I do love. Um, a good t- a good title design. Um, I think AEW done a pretty good job with the title designs. Um, the probably my favourite is probably the tag title design. I think that looks they look amazing. Um, simple, but it works for me. But it looks like the old school like Ashtudera kind of um, old foot was it was it ninety eight ninety six ones. Brilliant design. I love that. I love this one. So anyway, let's go into the match. Um, kind of as, as as you expect in this match, you kind of go go by numbers when you've got. Um, when you've got, was it, um, fun, not Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker's kind of goons. I'm going to call them goons because obviously uh, with um, outside the ring, you know they're going to kind of get in the way. Um, so you you had a fit early on when you got uh, Jamie Hirsch kind of choking Rosa uh, while, while the ref was distracted. And then Britt Baker was in control for the first part of the match, as you expect. She's the champ, so it makes sense. Um, you had, um, obviously, uh, Late, obviously, with doing a troll, trying to end it early in a sense by uh, what's he being given the black glove to try and hit the locked jaw, but Rosa counters with a nice drop kick and an uppercut. And then Rosa's in control; she hits a nice some suplexes, and a suplex uh, was a standard suplex, middle open, and a nice net break. It was a great combination of moves, really all stuff. You spent nothing less from an amazing athlete in Thunder Rosa. Back and forth exchanges, multiple pin attempts, as you expect, kind of stuff like that. We had the best kind of um, high-risk move of the match when they, when you got Britt Baker doing an Avalanche airway sign from the top. Always love that kind of stuff. 
Again, another tombstone. Again, a Rosa, a Thunder Rosa here tombstone. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that is similar when you hit super kicks or when they kept doing Eddie. Like I think last play video did a lot of Eddie Guerrero kind of homage. They did have a little bit. I think. I think we had um, was it Thunder Rosa was gonna look like she was going to do the Free Amigos. Um, Eddie Guerrero was kind of suplexes, but and we obviously we get a Frog Splash as well. So <coughs> maybe it evens its way out in a sense. Obviously we've got a Tombstone, um, but yes, um, we had multiple pin attempts. We had another use the belt to win false finish that again kind of okay, still, still annoys me a little bit because again, as you said in tag team match. I think that should win a match. But yeah, obviously distracted by her uh, goons again. Then, obviously, uh, dragged the belt into the ring, obviously, and then hit a curve stomp onto that belt. It looks like it's going to be a one, a two, and then boom, she kicks out. Then, obviously, we got a situation where both, what was it, Britt Baker hit the locked-in locked jaw, then Rosa countered and locked lock in her own locked jaw. National homage there. Uh, but, um, yeah, and obviously, again, it's just a lot of, a lot of um, interference. It's kind of old school kind of wrestling interference. Obviously, Britt Breaker was tapping at this point of a submission move. And then, obviously, after that, you got Rebel. And I remember, mine, mine just popped back in. Um, was it Rebel was on the outside. Obviously, Thunder was had enough of her. Hit a soup spear through the middle whelp. Like, very, you know, big E type thing. Through the middle whelp. Took her out. Took out Lady her, uh, Hearse. Jamie, Jamie Hayden. Hey you go. Where am I getting from? Oh, I'm going crazy. But yeah, so basically, and took out other was it um, hater? Um, I think that's the name. Anyway, took her out. What came back in the wing? But then boom, put back in another curve stomp. Gets the win. Seventeen minute match. Exactly again. Right kind of placing with the emotionally drained after the CM Punk MGF match. Yeah, she gets the win. Kind of surprised because it obviously. Um, kind of set up for her to win uh, for the Rosa here but I'm thinking obviously they said um, they've got a tar I think got a tar match a tar number no, 10 match can't remember who it's against but they got that and then the next match uh, whoever wins that gets the next shot at the title I think she's going to win that and I think she's going to because AEW do like that thing in poetry it rhymes right um, so I feel like she's going to beat her at that St. Patrick's Slam I think it's coming in the next month. She's going to win that title. It's going to be a big deal. So it's like full circle for a year from that win. So, yeah. I mean, I think she's going to win. I've, I've said it for a long time. I think the is going to become the new ADO World Champion. So, we'll find out. But, um, yeah, I mean, a good match. I think their first match was better. So hopefully it's like like, like if it was like a movie for a trilogy. First first match was great. First, uh, first um, film was great. Second one... Okay, but not amazing. But then the third one ended on a high. So that's the plan, hopefully. So I'm intrigued to see what happens there. But um, yeah, I mean, all I'm saying, thank God they changed that title belt. It's great design, the new one now. So yeah, awesome stuff. So now let's go into a match again. Another one that I was really looking forward to seeing where it ended up. And uh, to be fair, I think it delivered. So let's go and talk about it. So yes, obviously the match I am talking about is obviously... The bat match between John Moxley and Brian Danielson in a match that are kind of set up because Brian Danielson is trying to recruit kind of John Moxley into teaming up to become this group that helps train the next generation of wrestlers. And what I like about this is it's not another one of those. It feels like it's an offer 
that doesn't go really. It goes it as a wrestling fan. You go, ooh, I like that idea. I like that. That's what I feel with this match um, and this offer. And to be fair, John Moxley didn't say no, but I do like the idea when they said, "I don't, I don't team with anyone that I haven't uh, bled with." And you're like, "Yeah, okay." You know where this is going. So, um, yeah. I was hoping to team up. I mean, obviously... So, obviously, if anyone knows how team-ups and respect goes in wrestling, it's like if they if they resist the team-up, they have to face in battle and have to face off against each other. And then they earn their respect and they become a team. <coughs> it's been done. The top of my head one was... It's not the famous one, but one on the top of my head is obviously Cesaro and Sheamus. Rivals became... Great tag team partners and become one of the best tag teams probably on that roster for a long time up there with the bar. So so it does work. So I think that's what they were going for here. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to the match, it's just, as you expect it, it was just hard hitting, had a lot of stiff shots that I think were just made it even more cringe work. Like, you know, ugh, like proper, like, looks like they're actually beating the crap out of each other. You've got to love that. The selling was brilliant. A lot of chops. A lot of punches, a lot of kicks, all kinds of awesomeness. It's basically like a hard-hitting match. That if you like that kind of stuff, this match definitely delivers on that part. Obviously, we got Moxley. Um, we had a bit where Moxley did a suicide. They both done a suicide dive on the outside, but they both counter each other. So it's like I think John Moxley tried to go for one for the middle world, but then obviously Brian countered it, and it was just basically a punch fist, and then he headbutted each other, and that's when John Moxley bled. Another person to bleed, but he did say he wants to bleed. But um, after that, we had obviously he said stiff headshots. We had um, what was it? Uh, was it Brian on the top rope and kind of mock, uh, on on top rope? And he got what was it? John Moxley raking his um, fingernails on the back. That sounds really cringeworthy, but it actually would hurt in real life. Some scratching your back. It's it's horrible. Not from experience, of course, but you know. But um, we got. But obviously, yeah, obviously that we got a nice suplex on the top that looks really awesome. After that, then we obviously we got a lot of um, was it a nice dragon sleeper by uh, by Danny Bri Brian Danishan almost said Brian da Danny Bryan still still in my head. Um, obviously, and after obviously yeah, we got to the Moxie got to the ropes. Then obviously we got a lot of, a lot of elbow shots. We got obviously Mox uh, Brian going for the label lock or the yes lock if you want to keep it on that. But obviously Moxie was able to break away from it. Then obviously we got a cool thing with like they were kind of fighting and they said then they started kicking each other, like back and forth like like it's like it was figure four leg lock but in position sitting position, and then just like kicking each other. Uh, then obviously obviously got uh, Moxley uh, applying that choke, was it bull judge choke that he's won many matches when he's world champion. Obviously Danny Bryan turns it into a pin for two. Then was Bryan hits a suplex and a kick to the ribs and then a hit the famous running knee for just a two count. Then, yeah, I mean, to be surprising, this match kind of ended in the way it did. Obviously, we've got Brian um, hitting kind of... Um, um, yeah, I mean, basically, a lot of this, just, the end of the match was kind of shocking. Obviously, I'm talking about more stuff in it, but the end of the match was kind of a situation. It was kind of, um, they're both trying to lock in submissions type situation or trying to go for the pin. And, and Moxley was just able to get enough of the pin to get a free count. It just came out of nowhere. The pin, oh, it's the end of the match. Oh, okay. But um, you could say it didn't count because obviously you could sit there and say that Mox is free to under the ropes um, type situation that was really cool. 
But um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't um, basically, yeah. So basically, ending with a gone for submission hold. Mox accounted. So had to get a pin. Uh, surprised Mo- uh, Brian Danielson wasn't happy. And obviously, after this, it was just basically like started starting the ref, started Moxley, and it was just a fight, fight, fight from both of them. As you expect, that you know, it's um, they don't like losing, and obviously, they they kind of kind of frenemies is the word I would like to use in this one. But um, the, but the moment that really made it for the crowd, go, oh my god, this this idea has just gone from good to great, is the idea that obviously them out of nowhere, just William Regal just walks, and no music, no nothing, just you just. Turn to the camera and then boom, you see fucking William Regal walk down. You're like, oh, and the crowd, like, when he noticed, just popped because we love William Regal, he's so underrated. And he comes to the ring, and he's basically, as obviously we know from William Regal, trained both of these men, Moni, Danny, Brian, or Brian Danishan. If you read, if you listen to his book when we won the World's Hell, good read, very good read. Um, it was. It was him that kind of trained him in the ways that um, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the, the Brian Danielson we have today, winning Regal. Um, but it's no surprise because he had inspired a lot of wrestlers in the past. But yes, obviously after this, he came trying to calm down. Um, obviously, we, he slapped Moxley to try and get him like to calm down. Then obviously that Brian Danielson was like, ah, you got because he like he's like the teacher and all. Then he, t- he turned around and slapped him in the face, and then like intensely said, shake hands. And surprisingly, they did. So. I don't know if this is official that they've aligned the joint forces with William Regal as their manager or the leader of the group, but if it is, oh yes, makes so much sense. Three of the most brutal wrestlers out there, and Danny Bryan's hard hitting, John Moxley's kind of whole thing is that, and obviously William Regal, I mean, is the master of that. I mean, I look forward to call what they actually call this group, but my God, it sets up some interesting stuff. But yeah, I mean, Dave. But I'm saying it's a very good match. Very good match. I mean, if you like that kind of hard hit, intense style, or kind of like brute, just two guys beating a living crap out of each other, this match has it. Um, I mean, good was it? Get twenty minutes. Good length for time. Um, I didn't. I obviously Moxie. Why did kind of predicted Moxie was going to win because obviously it makes sense. But um, kind of everything was kind of drawn up. But the winning Regal thing, like left field, I didn't see that coming at all. So I. I think it's just more excitement at the moment. See well, where is this gonna go? Where's William Regal? What's he gonna do? I hope they have just like an in-wing segment where he explains his action. I just want to see here William Regal in AEW and do a situation where like what is this a team? Is this like an unholy like an alliance of some sort? Um, is it is it official? Are they actually gonna do it? I hope they do because again it's just so good, so good. So um, yeah, so Moxley gets the win. Finally beats Brian Danielson after all these years. But yeah, so but William Regal. In all elite wrestling, who would have thunked it? The the takeover of AEW 1.0 is officially taking, officially happening. They've taken everyone, everyone that has made that brand great, is now in AEW. So, what's well, everyone or two, but the main ones. So, yeah, oh, so happy, Winnie Weagle. Can't wait to see what they do. Should be fun. So after the highs of that huge, huge debut of William Regal, I mean, I was really excited for it, as you can probably guess from just what I said. But um, yes, after this, obviously, you could sit there and say this next match is another one of them call-off matches. Obviously, I'm talking about the six-man Tornado Tag Team match with Dan, with um, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara and Sting teaming up to go against the Hardy family office with Andrade, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. In a match that normally 
I have to admit, would be a match that goes, okay, if it was just a normal tag match, but the best, the good thing they did, they made it into tornado tag rules. I mean, all basically means anything goes. Nothing, there's no rules other than the pinfall has to happen into it. So that means you can just do the old crazy spots, scuff those crazy spots. And you did get this. I mean, you definitely did get this. I mean, it was just chaos from Bell 1, basically. Um, a lot of basically going after, everyone going after everyone from it opposite teams uh, the best kind of spot early on was the idea that I feel sorry for Jose the assistant I mean what was he thinking getting involved trying to attack Sting you knew after that you're gonna get taken out and obviously it ended with obviously a cool thing where Sting was beating him up and then put him uh, was it set him up on the chair yeah set him, set him up on the chair put the trash can over his head and then you got Darby Allen jumping through the middle up as always intensely as he always does Hits him, so he's out of the match. So, can happen, I guess, for him being... Should it be getting involved in a match? Or are you going to get attacked? Uh, we had, obviously, awesome stuff. Sammy Kawhi being the energetic, awesome guy that he is. Obviously, hitting like a, a nice little... Was it, uh, was it jump rope um, kind of cutter from the middle rope on Casti? Sad, it looked great. Then we got a situation with... Then we got, what do we get? We got a double stomp by Andrade on Darby Allen. I've, I've never got that one where it's like, you're on the top rope and you like hold yourself in place. It's so, it's a bit more staged than I like. I don't think it's a good move. But yes, Andrade's famous for that. So he's hit, he hit that on Darby Allen. And then after that, as you expect, it just piled into the crowd. You had, obviously, we had a situation where um, it just fights. I think we had, a, was it Sammy Kavara and the, obviously, um, what was it? Oh, God, but a private party doing the silly string thing where it's like they go each other back and then hit on Sammy Kavar. Explained it terribly, but um, it's just what it is. I mean, it's just um, we had some cool spots. We had a table spot, um, but basically the big stuff of the match basically happens with two table spots. Basically, so you got the first one that was on top of the ramp. You got obviously a private party trying to. Um, hit um, Sammy Kavara through the table, but with Sammy Kavara, basically, I think I cut Castis up on the top. So I think he's probably going to hit like a spin or a splash or something. And obviously, Sammy Kavara stopped him, went to the top, and then um, hit um, on that kind of the rate or it's kind of stage, hit a kind of uh, two tables there, um, hit a um, shoot, uh, was it Spanish fly? You know, the Spanish fly's top. Well, makes sense. Spanish fly from the Spanish god makes total sense. Hit from the top, looked nasty. Uh, but um, yeah, but then the, the, the more surprising spot was the one with uh, was it like the ta the, the old Dudley's um, versus Hardy's match where we're up two thousand spot where you got tables on tables, set it up by the butcher and the blade that again got involved. You expect nothing less when there's no disqualifications in the match. Um, then it obviously got fighting. I think you got Darby fighting against um, I think Matt Hardy, or I think at the top, and, and then you got Andrade. I think no Sting and Matt Hardy. Then you got Andrade and Darby Allen. Um, kind of, it's on the the balcony and type thing. I can't describe it properly, but yeah, it's, it looks really awesome. Um, basically, then Sting and oh, in the corner of his eye, sees Andrade lying on the table. Surprisingly, he should have known that if you were lying on a table and there's something there, someone's going to do it. And then this is the kind of spot you expect from Darby Allen. But then, you know, guys, what sixty odd now? Um, Sting and he saw him and he just done a splash and went through both sets of tables. I mean. Sting, calm down, stop it. <laughs> it's mental. And then it was just amazing that I loved it. I also loved the idea that basically I think they put up a commentary that was really cool is that um, Sting and Darby Allen, we also we always used to think that 
Sting's rubbing off on Darby Allen. We do have that spot later on that he done, I think, Scorpion Death Drop on Matt Hardy on this set up chair. But maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Darby Allen's rubbing off on Sting, you know, trying the crazy spots. Because him doing that is like mental, mental. But um, but yeah, except for that, obviously, we'll see the end the last two in the ring were Matt Hardy and Darby Allen. Obviously, it ended with Darby Allen, as I said, hitting a kind of scorpion death drop on the chair set up in the middle ring. And he goes to the top and hits his just. I mean, he kind of missed him because um, I think Matt Hardy was kind of not really on my ears a little bit. But, like, he kind of he, he kind of missed him, but they kind of bigged it up. They, you know, just about got it. Hit the uh, coffin drop from the top to get the win and, um, yeah, for, and get the win for his team. And again, a match that you would expect to be, if it was a normal tag match, probably would be like, okay. But with this match, t- uh, Tornado tag rules, best decision they made. Awesome stuff here. And, um, yeah, um, I'm intrigued to see where it goes because obviously I haven't seen that match between Guevara, uh, Andrade and um, Darby Allin, that triple threat for the TNT Championship that sounded and looked amazing. They expect nothing less from these three great, great competitors, really. But, um, yeah... I'm assuming this feud will continue. I just like the idea that I like the idea of the um, you know, was it Sting and Darby Allen's got a more complicated relationship than just mentor and mentee? You know, it works both ways, and I like that. Maybe that's a thing they can maybe bring up in the future. I hope so. Um, with the Matt Hardy stuff, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just another Matt Hardy, the family office stuff is just more of a, a group you can beat. And that's fine. You gotta have those in wrestling. You can't always be putting everyone over but yeah i like this feud between gargano uh, not gargano want gargano in aw and um, in um darby Allen and sammy kavara because it's like it's kind of like it feels like an old school feud you know two um high flying kind of um was it young talented people that's kind of will probably be the future of the company facing off for that championship feels very like old school into the continental title feuds in the past wwf and all that where it's like that's the workhorse style. And now you've got two of the best workhorses in the company fighting out. It's just, I don't think that's never had that. I've never felt like it had that. And if they do it, if they book it like that, then I think TNT Championship could be huge. So I'm um, more bigger than it is. So I'm hoping that's what they do. So yeah, great win for um, Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping um, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara continue that feud because I think. That's got potential to be a really great feud going into the summer. So, fingers crossed. And, um, yeah, well, just done fingers crossed and then done the thumbs up. Okay. I must be crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, good win there. So, yeah, so now we're finally there. Now let's go and talk about the main event of the evening. So, yeah, we're here. We finally got to the final match of the show. Obviously, we're talking about the AEW World Championship match. Adam versus Adam. Who's the better Adam? Obviously, Adam Page versus Adam Cole. In a match that, yeah, I mean, I was calling forward to it. Weird, wasn't, the bill was quite standard in a sense um, with this match. Um, I think it was more a situation of, obviously, it ties very well with the whole Young Bucks and Red Dragon kind of, it meshes quite well. But, um, yeah, I mean, weird, weird dynamic here where basically, I think Cole was very over. I can't remember where the show was stayed. Uh, where the show was, but he's very over. But like Paige, yeah, got a couple of boos. Don't think that's a signal of his reign because I still think he's had a pretty decent reign so far. And the question here with this match: this is this another great match to his already great repertoire of great matches he's had as world champion? I would say yes. 
I think he's. I think it's his third best match. I think just behind, um, just behind the both the uh, the two matches against Brian Danielson. But yeah, I mean, cool stuff here. I mean, you expect nothing less. It, again, it, again, it still had the kind of PWG kind of NXT of old kind of style with a lot of that kind of move after move. But yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, it was uh, it's, uh, the match kind of started off on the outside um, and then fighting as you expect. Probably hate each other at this point. Uh, we obviously had a bit of pace. Tried, um, tried to hit the clothesline. Obviously trying to get a lariat. Obviously, Pai and Cole got out of the way. Obviously, he, and um, Adam Pace hit the post. So that it's a thing that he, again he did work on. Started control. Adam Cole started trying to match. That working on the arm makes sense. Can't hit that move, and it did play to part to a point to the finish. Uh, we had a nice little. Um, uh, was it Page hitting a four-way slam, and a springboard lariat on Cole on the apron looked amazing. Um, then we got, uh, then we got uh, that kind of a KO kind of move when it comes kind of situating the power bomb on the apron on the back, and then obviously hit an impressive moonsault by Page. Expect he does one of the best moonsaults in the business. I'm just saying, I think he does. Um, that power bomb onto the apron looked like it hurt. Uh, then we got a lot of clotheslines taken by Page, but obviously Cobb was there to take him down. We had like a nice cross face finisher. Uh, we had like obviously Page going for the rope break, all that kind of stuff. I mean. I mean, I don't know really want to explain it really. This is just a really, really, really good match. Obviously, we had um, another tombstone attempt. Um, I think we had Cole hit a tombstone again. A lot of these tombstones keep saying it, that kind of stuff. But then after this, obviously, it, they tied. They pretty much threw everything at each other. So at this point, we were just going, okay. When is it going to be until his buddies come down and try and help? And obviously. They did, obviously, Carl, not, but not the Young Bucks, again, if you watch Being the Elite this week, I literally watched it today, um, kind of sets up that kind of tension between the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, but yeah, obviously, Carl O'Reilly and Bobby Fizz come down, come to the ring, kind of distracts, distracts Paige on the outside, obviously, and then, uh, was it, turns around, gets a super kick by Adam Cole, and then hits the Panama Sunrise on, off the apron, onto the floor, amazing, and then gets back in the ring and just gets a two. Just gets a two. Um, then kind of um, you've got Cole hitting a power mouse sunrise. Another one in the ring. And then the boom kick. Or kind of that. Yeah, knee to the back of the neck. And the back of the neck. But obviously he didn't put his um, knee pads down. So that's why they kind of explain why he kicked out of it. Because he didn't go full. It was kind of um, the impact was lessened because of that. Um, then we obviously got uh, Cole avoid a buckshot levity attempt. And then the more super kicks, more super kicks, more super kicks. Then obviously the Red Dragon were like, okay, we need to finish this. So they get the ring announce table, put it on the side of the ring. Um, obviously, I think Adam Cole was going to hit a power bomb. Uh, and then you've got um, Adam Page kind of countering and hitting a what was a dead eye through the table. Um, awesome spot there. You got you got to love that. And then after this, obviously Dark Order came out to, to help their friend, even up the numbers. A little bit of altercation there. Then they obviously went back um, wing, and then it was just a, a final two on um, a two on two and a one on one match, normal match. And then after this, obviously we had near the end, we had Paige. Um, obviously, we've got to say obviously on the go home show, we had obviously um, the bit where he duct tape on um, was it Adam Adam Page to kind of hit super kicks and kind of on the ropes so he kind of escapes so they can hit super kicks. But uh, was it Page got he used his belt and tied Coles to the top rope to get a bit of revenge, but. Yeah, people hit multiple super kicks, but the crowd were booing. 
So I don't think they were happy. I mean, it, I guess it shows a bit of grey area of Adam Paisley. He's not just a, cle- a cookie-cutter kind of face. I think it was a, it's a complicated, complicated character. Again, another one that's really cool. That's why I think I really rate Adam Page. A lot of people don't like his title win. I think it's really good. I think, um, yeah, maybe he should be more high-profile storylines, but good God, the match quality is amazing. So that's what you want your world champion to be, to be fair. Um, but yeah, and after obviously this, um, what's it? Then Page uh, exposes the knee. After after this, obviously he, get, he gets out the belt and then obviously hits his own boom. Was it boom knee to the back of the head? Then goes to the top. Then go then goes to the outside. Hits the buckshot lariat for the win. Twenty four minute match, and it's still your AEW World Champion. Um, a lot of people are sitting there saying that Adam Pat Cole should have maybe won this. There was when he hit that boom knee to the back. It looked like it was set up as that. But obviously, I, don't, I think Adam Page is having that title for a long time. I don't know who's taking that. It could be Punk. It could be Omega might come back and win it. Um, it could be Cole eventually. You don't know. There's a lot of interesting people that could, you know, help would take that title for him. But yeah, um, yeah, good stuff here. A good finish to the to the show and a good finish to the match. Really, um, I I think it's an int- I think it's obviously you expected Adam Adam Page to win there. Is that when they're both called Adams, it confuses the hell out of me. It's like it's like the AEW trying to confuse me here. But um, yeah, I think it's a good finish to the match. I think no one's surprised that he won there. And um, yeah, it was probably going to continue. Um, would there be ever be a rematch or some sort of? It is kind of teasing it. There's going to be a situation where the Young Bucks and Red Dragon are going to come to blows. Adam Cole's got to choose what side he's on, and it's probably a good chance he's going to choose his own buddies on speed error. And then they need a partner, and it's probably going to be either Hangman and Page or Kenny Omega whenever he decides to turn from his long-term injury. That's the way it sounds like it's going. But I think this should keep this going because again, it's just the. This is the kind of um, interesting storyline that I think Adam Cole's Adam Page has been missing. I mean, um, again, he's had the good matches. Again, it's similar to CM Punk the way he booked him in a sense, where he had some good matches, is building him up, and then they put him, then they gave him the meaty storyline. With Adam Page, it's kind of similar because Danny Bryan was a kind of interesting story, but that was more about the in-ring like in-ring match um, than anything else. I mean, now. We, I think we've kind of proved that Adam Page is freaking amazing in the ring. That's put a bit more interesting storyline, making a bit more focus of the whole show. Can you just feel up behind? I can see why people say what's been lackluster. It hasn't yet. I just don't think it's hit its full potential yet. Um, but if, if we're going to get like, we've got the, ma- the great matches, now we need the good storylines again. The, the storyline that made us fall in love with the guy in the first place. So I'm intrigued to see if they do that. So I've got to be honest, in the show sets up a very interesting dynamite that again what i say what pay should do makes you want to watch their show next week and that's what i'm gonna do on wednesday i'm gonna be watching that so um yeah so and a page still your aw world champion so yes that's my review of aw's revolution 2022 in a show that i think is very solid i think very good a lot I think it was a pace very well. It went quite quick for what three, what I think five hours if you count the the uh, buy-in matches. But yeah, good stuff. I think see, I still think CM Punk versus um, um, MGF is probably the best match. Dokkan match is best match of the night. I think the main event was pretty good. The opener was great. Uh, the ladder match was very good. I think the tag team match was also up to standards that I love. Um, yeah, I think the Jay Cargowitz was not the greatest, but. It was short enough, so it didn't any harm. And obviously, I think the women's world title match could have been better. Um, but again, 
Um, I've got a feeling they're setting it up for a bit bigger and better match at that St. Patrick's Slam. And obviously um, the, that six-man tornado tag was, was, was a whole lot of fun to watch. So I think it had a lot of stuff going for you um, when it comes to information. No surprises as much. You've got to get some William Weagle debuting. But that's more. I, I, that's, I'm more excited about that than probably some other people, obviously, because being a Brit, as you can hear on my accent. <laughs> so I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a situation with uh, AW. It's like, yeah, probably like all out and kind of um, full gear is probably like the high standards of like there. But I think this show is kind of like, it may be just be a, a, one or two notches below those two shows, but it's too high quality, top notch there. I mean, it sets up for a double or nothing in a couple of months. But um, yeah, if, if I honestly think that AW is going to be one of those sh like four shows where it's just, they're just like takeover quality, yeah, yeah, NXT takeover stuff. Where it's just all, you're always going to get a great show, and it's guaranteed. And AW is that show, so um, yeah. So um, that's the end of my review. Um, I'll probably, if I've got to grade this, I'll probably give it a B plus. I think um, I'll, I'll give it an A plus, but mm, I don't think I think there was a little bit of problems with it to a point uh, of some of the matches. But I think B plus is a good score. So a very very good show. Uh, definitely suggest you check out. This show and pop and probably check out um, a dub in general. Really good, really good stuff here. So um, yeah, so hope you enjoyed my my solo review. Obviously, you get to see my my face uh, this time instead of hearing my voice. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. So let me know in the comments if you enjoy these kind of video kind of reviews because you know I want to want to try out see if it works. Um, if you do, let me know. If you don't, I'll go back to just doing audio and you can see my voice still in my face. But um, yeah, if you want to check out more stuff from our podcast, you can go on Josh Stew Pod on our Twitter. Um, obviously, Josh will be back for our WrestleMania review. I think there's another show coming up before then. I don't know. I'll look it up. Check on Twitter. Obviously, check on the our Instagram, Josh Stew Wrestling Podcast. I post that uh, post a lot of cool stuff in there as well. And um, yeah, and also if you if you're watching, check out our YouTube channel as well. On um, a good, I was at 91 now followers. Hopefully, we can get that to 100 quite soon. Get the get the get it up. You know, trying to really build this channel very slowly, but trying. But um, yeah, hope you enjoy this review. And um, yeah, I'll be back. Obviously, I will be back for WrestleMania night one and night two. But until then, have an awesome day, and um, see you guys soon. So bye everyone. Bye.